guys. Uh, welcome to Tabletop Theater. This is a super special episode um, because we screwed up. Yeah. We well, yeah, I screwed well, up. Technically, it was the computer's fault. Yes. Uh, we when we had that crazy uh, mishap uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, we we recorded an episode of Tabletop Theater. It was about an hour hour long session. That uh, unfortunately did not get out to you guys, and that was going to be the final piece of the puzzle for a recon for Greenest. So we're going to recap that for you as well, um, and then we have a book review. Actually, uh, we received a uh, review copy of Empire of Imagination, which is a Gary Gygax um, biography. The first biography, actually. Yeah, the first biography of Gary Gygax, the creator of Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, you know, the game that we're all here to talk about anyway. So, uh, Carlos and I are going to do the recap for you, and then we're going to talk about this book. Yeah. All right, Carlos. So, so we had the full, the whole party for this. And we, we, right. had the, we had yeah. the full party. Um, it was your character, Sam. Yeah, Samuel. Samuel. Uh, we had Panis the monk. Yep, the monk, yeah. We had... Uh, Avthar, Avthar, the Bard. Avthar, Avthar, the Bard. Who and is who is really the the hero of this? Oh, hour. he did a lot of our and peeing in the game. Honestly, that's that's the one thing I'm sad that we lost yeah. is his uh, hour of RP. Yeah. And we also didn't have uh, two. We had Tuvino there. Yeah. So yep. Tuvino, Tuvino was the there. sorcerer. So we had started out like we had cut off on the previously at uh we were on our way to the laundry because we were going to get more more disguises to rescue because there were uh, captured civilians. Mm-hmm. And we also were we were in the camp also to get uh, information, uh, but mainly I know I was focused more on the I had kind of forgotten about the information. I was just thinking, oh, there's people to save. Yep. And so like we had we're on our way there, and oh hey, I know that uh, after I was like, hey, look, there's some, we should stop and try to find some officer circle, and like learn some information from them. It was like all right, so he tried to find. I know he rolled really badly. So it probably was just a regular group of soldiers he wandered up to. Oh yeah, no, it would, they were they were totally uh, nondescript, low level, like yeah. all initiates. So he he starts uh, he was playing some music. He was trying to get trying to learn some information. And he had was, them enthralled. Yeah, and everybody's like trying to blend in, and like I, and unfortunately uh, Samuel me decides to uh, you know maybe I'll blend in by going to get some food, knocking over all the damn. And beans. apparently my character is kind of. Stands out a little bit and kind of had fought a uh, half dragon in a duel. So when I was uh, getting my beans, I was recognized, and I was hoping, I was hoping, like you know, maybe he's gonna say not, like maybe he's gonna say I'm somebody else. No, we we can reenact this entire thing right here, and people can see how ridiculous you are. <coughs> he looks at you, and he starts to say, "Hey, aren't you?" Yeah, and I, 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 I no, I keep waiting. <laughs> Because I, I was like, maybe he's going to say something else right as he was about, right as uh, he finally started saying, the guy who fought the, I yelled out, Steve! <laughs> <laughs> Trying to be louder than him. And then with that, I decided to duck his head into the pot of beans. You know, yeah, you, no, you tried to push him into the fire, I think is what it was. You tried was, to grapple him. Oh, yeah. I, I failed my grapple, though. Yep. Which is sad because, you know, I'm a barbarian and with all my strength has still let me down. Yeah. So I failed that part. I failed. I don't think I killed him at all. I, no, no, I, you did not. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I mean, you you knocked him. Uh, he was about. Uh, he probably had like two or three hit points left. Oh yeah. By the time the rest of the crowd had joined in the the fray. 
And at that point, it was basically, all right, I got to bust out of here. It was a bunch of strength checks and running and rage. And you know, I- half of the camp was chasing <laughs> you out of the camp. <laughs> and then you, like, instead of going through the gate, you climbed the wall. It made more sense to me. <laughs> I had rage, so I had, like, better, uh, it was, like, advantage on my strength checks. Yep. And everybody was just shooting me and everything. And I, I escaped. And that was the end of Samuel's involvement in that episode. Yes. Uh, yeah. He escaped and hid in the bushes for the rest of the episode. Yes. Uh, the other group, they went on to uh, the back of the camp where they uh, found two things. The first is they found the monk that they were looking for, uh, Leosin Erlanthar, who was tied up at a stake uh, in like near the prisoners. They found, And they also... Uh, found a cave that may potentially contain a dragon hatchery. They're not really sure. Uh, Laosin told them about it. Um, and they also found the, uh, the rest of the prisoners. So they made some really awesome stealth checks. Uh, at least the monk did. Uh, Panis did. Panis made some really good stealth checks to get up and release uh, Laosin. And the, uh, the bard, Avthar, and the sorcerer, uh, Tavino uh, distracted the guards. Uh, they were blended, they they blended in pretty well. Uh, Avthar kept playing his lute, um, and then Tavino went over and got the prisoners yeah. uh, unchained and snuck them out. Honestly, like when we when I think about it, oh, not they, a whole they, lot they, happened. They had they did some good uh, spell placement too. Like they used sleep on some of the guards yep. at, the, the, at the gate to get them out, and like they got the guards out them out really well i really hope that we weren't supposed to go in that hatchery and get anything accomplished because we did not no no uh that that's actually going to be the next right. uh session after you yeah you guys are back on the road to greenest yeah um and that's that's really where we ended yeah. uh we're, when we when we come back with this in um a few weeks or it might be another month or so uh we're going to talk or you guys are going to go check on uh steve and other it? guy, yeah, it was like Bill and Steve or something. Yeah. And you, yeah, you could be because well, you you brained one of them with. All right, next time weapon. I go to pull pull my blow, I'll aim for the chest with like broken ribs. Are easier for <laughs> less brain damage, right? <laughs> yeah, less brain damage. All right, if you don't hit them in the head right. with with a big piece of metal, it seemed like a good idea. No, it it was a good idea, and I got like. Some information out. Well, somebody else got information. I was not going to get. Any no, you, no, you got information from the one that you did not hit on the head. No, no, that guy. Yeah, that was that. No, guy. that that one, that one. Uh, I'm pretty sure you guys just broke both of his legs. No, there. Yeah, yeah. but was I? I don't know if I took that. No, quote. that that was the monk. Or the monk guy, broke uh, both of his legs. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that guy wasn't doing anything yeah. anytime soon. Yeah. So that's uh, that. That was the end of uh, recon for Greenus. Uh, not a whole lot happened in the whole thing. It was just a quick reconnaissance yeah. mission, uh, but it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Uh, and that's we're running the campaign out of uh, the Horde of the Dragon Queen, yeah, or the Tyranny of Dragons campaign. Um, and so we're just kind of rolling through that for fun. All right. So the other thing we want to talk about is this book. And who is it by? It's uh, the book um, Empire of Imagination by Michael Whitwer. By Michael Whitwer. Uh, it's Gary Gygax and the Birth of Dungeons and Dragons yeah. is is the subline there. Um, I have a little info sheet that I should probably read quick. Yeah. 
Uh, Michael Whitworth's Empire of Imagination, Gary Gygax, and the Birth of Dungeons and Dragons, uh, the dynamic life story of the godfather of all fantasy adventure games and the creator of Dungeons and Dragons will be published uh, on October 6th of this year, which is tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Or today, if you're listening to this tomorrow. So, yeah, on October 6th. Um, the first, this first ever biography of Gary Gygax's life, from his childhood in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, to his death in 2008, shows the real person behind the monumental figure. Whitward follows Gygax from family man with a wife and five children to avid gamer hosting his gaming friends several nights a week to collaborating with friends to create D&D. We see him as an involved but ultimately inept company head, his hard partying uh, time in Hollywood, and the trials of a company sinking under mismanagement. Gygax's magnum opus, Dungeons and Dragons, exploded in popularity in the 1970s and 80s and irrevocably altered the world of gaming. D&D is the best-known, best-selling role-playing game of all time. Stephen Colbert, Robin Williams, uh, Juno Diaz, and so many others who played the game as teenagers credit D&D for fostering... No idea who that last person was. I don't either. They're nascent uh, imaginations. Nascent? 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 N-A-S-C-E-N-T? Yeah, nascent. Nascent, sure. Uh, Perhaps the most compelling facet of Gygax's life uh, and work was his unwavering commitment to the power of creativity in the face of adversity. Through his creation of the role-playing genre, Gygax gave two generations of gamers the tools to invent characters and entire worlds in their minds. Whitworth has written an engaging chronicle of the life and legacy of this emperor of the imagination. Now the thing to—it's uh, not quite like most biographies. It's a—it's uh, a narrative biography. Yeah, a narrative biography. So, so that's that was a little strange coming into it, like since it was more—it had a lot of uh, more like reading a story about the, a person yep. instead of a, a lot of facts. I and see honestly, I really enjoyed that aspect of it. Um, I I liked having like. I liked reading the story. Like, yeah. I, I like following a narrative more than I like reading facts and figures, you know? Yeah. Um, and it really just, it flowed very well. I was It was an easy read. It was an easy read. I think it was a little too narrative for my taste for a biography, I found. Like, I do like a l- just a touch of narrative in there just mm-hmm. for, w- w- just to, so it's not a dry biography. But yeah. I do kind of... I don't know, kind of it's, it's kind of weird. It's like I'm reading like, oh yeah, this feels like a fiction fictional story. Like, no, it's actually a thing that uh, this is that actually that happened. Yeah, has been put together with information and uh, interviews and all this stuff. And there's there's a lot of references in here. Oh yeah, no, there's there's a lot of references. Um, yeah, no, it's like, <laughs> well, it's a biography. He did his work. Yeah. You know, um, I also really enjoyed at the beginning of every uh, chapter, or I guess not chapter, but section. Um, they they have like an ongoing D and D game that you're following D and D narrative that you're following as well. I really enjoyed that. Uh, but I think the thing I love most was just learning like the little things about Gygax because I yeah. I had her I knew who Gygax was before I read the book. Like I knew the basics. Uh, he founded TSR. Uh, he created Dungeons and Dragons. Um, and then TSR had issues. And went under and was purchased by Wizards. And I knew some of that uh, from listening to the Dungeons & Dragons podcast uh, that Wizards of the Coast puts out. Because they've they've delved into the history just a little bit here and there. Um, but I didn't know like how insane his work schedule was. Oh, I know. 
like when he's uh, I, it really hit me like when they talked about his, how many hours he was putting in. After he's like, oh yeah, I'm kind of getting too old for this, and I'm kind of, I'm not feeling that great, so I'm gonna drop it down to twelve hours a day, seven days a week. Yeah, yeah, no. It's, instead of working all of the hours, I'm only gonna work twelve. Yeah. It'll be fine. And that was just kind of ridiculous. Yep. Like, um, his like his home relationships seemed like they would be just. So, I I don't know. He, I, I don't want to give too much away, but his schedule kind of looked like this: like three three to four three to five nights a week, he'd have all of his friends over in the basement yeah. playing war games. I know, and just ignoring his family. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't, uh, that would not have held up in my house at all. Oh no, no. <laughs> <laughs> That was kind of insane, like, just, like, all those hours of working, then come home, then do working for even more hours. Yep. Somehow sleep, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I think it was just, you know, if you have enough buttermilk, beer, and cigarettes, you're, you're just fine. It was also, <laughs> I know, that was kind of ridiculous. That <laughs> he, was, he would drink buttermilk, because that was his, uh, one of his, what he liked. Uh, buttermilk and beer. He would yep. just drink those, too. Yeah, yeah. no, it's... <laughs> Buttermilk beer and cigarettes. It was also interesting to see the uh, the birth of Gen Con. That was a yeah. No, the the birth uh, of Gen Con was something I like. I knew it had to start somewhere. Yeah, and I guess I never really put it together that oh, Gen Con is Geneva Con. Oh, yeah. okay. Now everything like as soon as I read that, I'm like, ah, oh, shit. That just that makes so much more sense now. It was just another thing that Gary Gygax pumped a lot of his time into. Well, and I love how. He thought the first year was just gonna like it was just such a disaster, and he's like, "Oh, I don't, I don't know." And then he got all the feedback, and then yeah. they did it again. And well, he thought it was a, a no. Was he, it? he thought it was gonna be a disaster. Yeah, he thought it was gonna be. Yep. And it turned out not to be a disaster. Yes. Uh, and the the way that the gaming community, uh, you know, kind of fought like just worked back then oh like all like the magazines that were published. yeah like all all, all, the, all like the the magazine slash zine type yeah. deals um having to have like letter correspondence with other gamers like playing games over over snail mail like diplomacy like, yeah that was one of those ones that were mentioned and yeah over snail i guess it's never it's not something i i really thought of because we're so used to okay i can just go hop on a message board yeah. and do that or i'll play i'll sit in my basement and play D D with with my friends for you know 48 hours at a at a time well yeah we haven't done a 24-hour game in years and years yes yeah well we're not in high school anymore either yeah. like it's it's harder to find the time to do that and the energy yeah. to stay up that long Oh God! How much Mountain Dew did we go through? Cases upon cases <laughs> of Mountain Dew and Coke, and oh man, yeah, all the energy drinks. No, I don't think it was energy drinks at the time. It was just all. Yeah, that was kind of before the energy drink craze, yeah, wasn't it? Was it? Like Monster was was a thing around, but no, it was like we'd have case upon case of Mountain Dew. Yeah, every time. Yep, and there was an air mattress in the corner, and we'd like swap out DMs so we could get a little bit of Hell, sleep. Even for the short DM games, though, there'd be like a twelve case, and like it'd be gone. Oh yeah, no, it was for the for the evening yeah. games. Yeah, no, everyone would bring soda and so much sugar, just so much. Yeah, and like all those like D- like we were playing Star Wars at the time, which was like derived from uh, the D and D three system, basically. Mm-hmm. 
and like all the all the that like, comes back to the D and D original D and D, which uh, yeah, with uh, Dave Arneson was that, that the uh, person that came up with the original mock up, and then Gary Gygax. Yeah, no, uh, yeah. What what was th- what was the original called? Do you remember? Um, was it Blackmore or was yeah, it? Blackmore. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so Blackmore was like the the original template, and yeah. he was from Minneapolis. And uh, which, by the way, there like since it, I of course since he, it was like Lake Geneva was where he was at the time. There's a lot of like Twin Cities uh, stuff names are. Yeah, no, I saw it, it like all that stuff hit really yeah. close to home too because that's where we're located. Yeah, we're just right, pretty cl- like just uh, 45 minutes out of the Twin Cities. Yeah, so. yeah. So I mean, just a, just a lot of familiar names popping in and out. Yeah. Uh, and then I, I loved, uh, how just, there, there are just some tidbits. Um, but one of the things that I really liked about reading this book is it brought me back to those D and D games, uh, where we're sitting around the table and we're rolling dice, yeah. like either like the, you know, the dining room table or we're at the poor farm. Yeah. And yeah, so it just really, really brought back that, um, that feeling. And then I loved, just absolutely loved how Gygax hated being compared to Tolkien. <laughs> just hated it cuz yeah. he did not like Tolkien. Which I agree with his reasoning like it was kind of dry. It, it, it is a kind of a dry read, so we'll agree to disagree. It's a dry read. The Hobbit not so much, but the Lord, Lord of the Rings, yeah. yeah Lord a, of the Rings can be a slog at times. Yeah. It's and the, don't even get me started on the damn Silmarillion. Oh god. <laughs> hey, would you like to read this origin story? A would you like times? to read a textbook? It's fun. Like uh, hearing like the same origin, like oh yeah, I'm just here. We just told you that. I'm gonna tell you the story again, but slightly from a different. slightly different perspective. Yeah, we're gonna see which one you like better. There's a test at the end. Was that attention. a third time? Will <laughs> since you asked. Yep. But yeah, yeah, and like TSR was like one of the was like a scrappy startup before yeah. startups were a thing, which was really cool. And then, do, do you, you remember what uh, TSR stands for? <sighs> no. I, I never can remember that one. I neither neither can I. I can Doesn't matter. All I have hand. to know is the TSR. TSR stands for TSR Gaming. Yeah, no. Of course, the stock price is terrible. <laughs> <sighs> no, come on, just come on, come on. Keep talking. All right. So I don't know. It was a. It was definitely an interesting read. Tac- I, tactical studies rules. Yeah, just call it TSR. Yep. Far better. I've never really played any other war games. I've only ever really played uh, the art role-playing type games. So, but I really enjoyed. I've enjoyed D and D. I have never played first edition D and D. I also was interested, like how uh, second edition came about because uh, they didn't want to have to pay royalties. Yeah, the additioning uh, for the royalties was really interesting. Uh, no, second edition came after uh, Gygax left. Yeah, and they changed a bunch of things, and uh, they actually turned off a bunch of people, and yeah. actually lost a bunch of sales. Although there are people that will swear by second edition today. Well, I, I feel like for a lot of it, it's whatever system you started playing yeah. is kind of your favorite system. Like, Star Wars uh, Revised Core will always have like a special place uh, for me, even though... Like fifth edition system is so far superior. Yeah. Um. So it's it, I think it's something like that. Though I mean it'd be fun to go back and because they they did a re-release of like A D and D, and it'd be fun to like grab those and just run an A D and D game. I thought about it, but you know I had enough. I, 
it'd be tough teaching other people the rules. Mm-hmm. I know I had so many issues teaching people Pathfinder. So, yeah. Well, in Pathfinder, there's just a pantheon of books. Yeah, it's ridiculous. There's just all of the. Well, things. you don't have to use them. Uh, it's just like it's cool because it's more options. Yeah, I also had a bunch of the books and like it ended up being. It's useless. overwhelming. I had we I had to switch to fifth edition for my games just because uh, it's no better else system. Could figure it out. Well, and at least and eventually I was able to get everybody now has their own fucking books. Yes, that's because we all like. They don't edition. bring them. They hey, that's not they. Most of the time they do. Sometimes they don't. Yes, we do have, uh, but we at least now have spare books because they also forget to bring them with them home. So we have spare books laying around the studio right? now. <laughs> just so many D and D books, <laughs> just all of them. All right. Um, before we get way too far off track here, uh, is there anything else you'd like to say about the book? No, I really enjoyed. I also enjoyed how you talked about some of the impact that the that he. That yeah, the the final. Um, I'm not gonna lie. They're like just thinking about the far-reaching impact that Dungeons and Dragons yeah. has uh, during the last few chapters. I think it's the last uh, three or four where uh, it's at the end of Gary Gygax's life, and he's kind of sitting back and looking at yeah. this this thing that he that he helped create. Um, how it's influenced so many different lives and entire genres of film, television, books. Yeah. It, I mean, the implications of it are ridiculous. Coming out of you know small town Wisconsin, like like Geneva is not a big city. Yeah. So and it's, even now it's only like slowly escaping some of that stigma that's had for years. Yeah, they they do talk about that a little bit and how. Uh, he thought it was just so ridiculous. Yeah. Which, I mean, it is. Oh, yeah. Well, like, you cannot summon demons with Dungeons & Dragons that's books, not guys. not how it works. Well, and that's, that's part of that was the other part of uh, Second Edition, is they were trying to get away from that stigma in the 80s. So they they release, you know, Second Edition with, uh, you know, 90% less demons. <laughs> it was like the Fruit Loops of role-playing games. Now you have demons and devils and all those... Everything's and have, back. And you have some HP Lovecraftian horror in there too, right? So that's always good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I really, really like this book. And I, if you're a fan of Dungeons and Dragons or role playing games in general, I highly recommend picking it up. It's definitely a good one to pick up just to pick up some of that history. Yep. Again, full disclosure, uh, we did receive the review yeah. copy, um, but uh, I, I enjoyed it and. Yeah, yeah. we you've listened to our stuff. We're not afraid to shit on things that we don't like. Yeah, um, hell, we shit on things that we do like. Yeah, actually, we do. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I really enjoy this. This um, and it comes out October sixth. And if you uh, there, Michael uh, Whitwer is doing a book tour. Uh, I have some dates here, so if you guys want to pay attention real quick, you can get that on October sixth. He's going to be in Chicago at the bookstall. October 8th, he's also in Chicago at Book Market. October 9th, he's in Ann Arbor, Michigan at Literati. Uh, October 10th through 11th, he's in Lombard, Illinois at Heartland Fall Forum. October 17th, he's at Cincinnati, Ohio at Books by the Banks Festival. October 21st, uh, in Milwaukee at Boswell Book. Uh, October 24th, in Boston at the Boston Book Festival. November 20th through 22nd, he's in Miami. At the Miami Book Festival, and then uh, possibly in Madison at the Wisconsin Book Festival with a tentative date there. So, yes, um, I think that that about wraps up yeah. our book thing. I there's one other, uh, I guess, piece of business 
that we should talk about because I I was thinking about doing a separate thing, but if we're already doing this, why not? Yeah. Uh, tabletop theater started as a way for us to have different DMs come in and tell a story every month, and it's it's slightly evolved into we we'll do some like longer form stuff and yeah. chain stuff together. Uh, but we had a recent development uh, with this month is our first ever uh, guest DM. Uh, we had we had one of list, one of our listeners contacted us, and they asked if they could record a session and we could put it up for them. And basically, all I said was, "Yeah, if the audio is good, and then we'll put it up." And the audio was was good. Uh, it took them a couple of sessions to get it dialed in, but I think they they're pretty close now. And so we we have that up. If that's something that you would be interested in. Uh, let me know. Uh, go ahead and shoot me an email um, at feedback at blindnewsstudios.com or uh, message me on Facebook. That's how Ted got a hold of me. And we can set something up, and you can send us some audio, and we'll we'll do that. Or if you're in the Twin Cities area and you want to come run a game in the studio, we're definitely open to that, too. Uh, you just got to let us know. So do that if that's something that you're interested in. Or if you have a group that you think would make an entertaining story. All right. Do you have anything else you'd like to add? No, I think that's it. for the. All right. Well, guys, uh, have a good week, and our normal uh, Tabletop Theater episode will be out on Wednesday. Um, we are run... It is the guest show, uh, What Happens in Vegas, uh, and part with, two. And that's with the Scion. That's with Scion, yep, uh, where they're all children of gods. It's a cool system. Yes, Uh I believe in the first episode that came out last week, there was tacos and a diner. Yeah, those go together. And right. a and a very well dressed godling that uh, that has a hat that changes every day, which is a pretty cool yeah. mechanic. So yeah, go go check that out. It's a lot of fun.